Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's up, everybody? I hope you are doing good. I'm glad to be out of that big freeze we had here in the UK. Man, it was cold. A lot of people got screwed up. I hope everybody's back to normal. Uh, sending love and whatnot. So, okay. Here we off the record. We like to feature new talent. And my guest this week is no exception. He's an up-and-coming comedian, actor, writer, producer. Someone might have heard of him. He goes by the name of Ricky Gervais. I'm joking, of course. But seriously, it's an honor to have Ricky back on the show. We talk uh, about his recent tour that we spoke about right before he started going out on it. It's called Humanity, and it's a Netflix, Netflix special now. You know what I'm saying? Even though I can't get it out sometimes. We get deep talking about privilege and equality, and we keep it light talking about the ailments we don't really have, uh, but we're afraid we might. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, enjoy Ricky Gervais and I speaking at the Royal Crescent Bath Hotel. Very nice place. Last time I saw you was at your place in London, and it was kind of like halfway through your humanity thing. Yeah. Um, it's been a year now. Uh, I'm sort of ending the English leg of the tour where I started it in Bristol, um, I think, which you came to I see. I came to the... Yeah, well, I think it was like the second show you uh, did. Uh, yeah, yeah, last February, and which is good because... You start a show, you've done warm-ups, mm. and, you know, the first shows are, are good enough, they're great. In fact, they're... You, would you, would, didn't you almost have a heart attack, though? I know, that was... The time, my, not well, because you want sick medicine being or something. Being a hypochondriac, yeah, I was ill when I got, uh, you know, a palpitation, and I just said yeah. to the crowd, I said, oh, is there any doctors in? I'm, I, uh, you know, and I joked, I said, I think I'm having a heart attack, right? And they all laughed. I went, oh, what if I was... I don't want to die here, and, and I made a thing of it. And, of course, the papers put Ricky leaves stage, because... But, but dudes our age... I think whenever you get to 50 and past 50, any little thing could possibly be it, you know, especially oh. if things are going good. Because I come from that kind of like, yeah, you know, Catholic guilt thing. Well, if things are going great. I must have a heart condition. Or something. Um, I, 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 everything, if I find a lump, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm dead the next day, you know. And my girlfriend just said, well, just go and get it checked out. I go, what do you mean go and get it checked out? Just yeah. say, say, no, because I'm not a doctor. I go, ah. But I just had my yearly medical and everything's okay at the moment. I had the finger, I had everything. And people moon River, we call it Moon River. <laughs> Rick Fletch. Rick Fletch. It's a, moon River. It's so funny, because right? the doctor, uh, they go, and can I give you, I said, yes, yeah, right. And uh, he went, do you need a chaperone? I said, that would be worse. I said, I said, what, you, now you've got a mate watching. Yeah, gaze, but if you know, if I say, if I say my safe word, oh, and it's, it, it is awkward. But you know what? The finger to me is more pleasant than taking blood. Really? I'm so allergic to needles. I, I the, the after I've had the blood test, the finger's nothing to me because I think I'm slightly phobic. That need, I could never be a junkie. I used to, needles I, don't bug me because when I was in the Marines, you go to boot camp, you walk down this like we call it the gauntlet, and Corman on either side are just jamming you in the shoulder with needles. So after a while, it doesn't mean anything. For me, the blood pressure thing that goes around your arm. Oh, that worries me a I'm little bit, yeah. my life insurance because we're moving and all this stuff. So the guy comes over yesterday, peanut cup. He's like, do you smoke? I was like, I don't smoke anymore. Do you do any of these recreational drugs? And let's like crack, heroin. I was like, smoke a little bit of weed. And my wife afterwards was like, why'd you tell him that? I was like, well, if I die and I got a little bit of weed in my system and then they find out about it and they know the contract, you're fucked. So just go along with me being honest. Yeah. But whenever they put that thing on, I freak out. Like, he yeah. had a wrist thing. I was like, D -d -d and I came off with, like, crazy high blood pressure. Oh, really? And I don't have high blood pressure. That's the only thing that I, I, I always I always pass that test. That thing freaks me the fuck out, because that, I think, is like, you know, 
I don't know, because and they always do it when I'm stressed about something, like I'm chasing my daughter, my daughter through a yard, and they're like, "Come in, do your but, blood pressure." And you're but, like, but even the thought of it, because that's the first thing I do yeah. is blood pressure. But I'm already thinking of the needle and the finger. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, but honestly, I, I I think I could do it myself. I think I could probably take my own. It's just having the needle in there and it's scratching around and they're taking a start. I go, oh my god, yeah. it makes me sweat. It's phobic. I don't know why. I think it's just. It's like an invasion. I don't want that in my... When you were a kid, did you have like a bad doctor moment? Not, no. Not that you needed I, a chaperone. Well, I never had, had blood. It's worse. Because I've had, you know, I've had injections. I have a flu jab. I've when had you a do movies, though, jab. they do a physical and they give you shots yeah, if you need to be somewhere nah, weird. Yeah, but the, 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 when you do a physical for a movie, it's, it really is, uh, let me hear your heart cough and it's done. <laughs> really? Do you know what I mean? Peace, do you need it, anything? It, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just think of the people you see on screen. That's I think, true. Jesus Christ, yeah. if they're okay, then yeah. I'm fine. Randy you know? Quaid doing movies oh, fine, come you know? on yeah. you know so um, no this is the only extent I do one once a year blood urine everything like that and uh, it, it's still okay but obviously what's annoying is the scores go down that just through age yeah. you know the hearing's just, it's <laughs> yeah. just slightly worse the sight's just slightly worse See, these the, things man I had to get these uh, Yeah, the glasses I need now to read I think I should have glasses I can't read that bottom line anymore you and get I thought some my crazy gangster was, glasses like this you yeah well they're great they're yeah. cool yeah, they're cool they're my wife picked them out. They're nearly sunglasses. Yeah, well, they're, 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 they're Coca-Cola green, they call it. Oh, right, like yeah. A little, bit, a little bit of Carlos Mocello, you know, the crime boss guy. Yeah. He used to date Marilyn Monroe, that dude. And you get away with it, man. It's you not vanity. You play Square Garden a but couple you, times, so you, you can wear But you know what, though? Shirts. It's not vanity, it's laziness. Mm. If, if an optician came in now and gave me a test and said, here's the glasses, I'd go, cheers. But they go, you've got to go and book an appointment. i go, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look good in glasses, but fuck it. You could also get zapped. Actually, oh, I don't no. know. If that's, really, that's worse. Really? That is worse than the, the, the uh, eyes. Yeah, I, eyes and <laughs> testicles. I, I was saying to the Leave doctor, my round things alone. Right. So he's doing the he's doing the balls. The yeah. doctor's doing the balls as well. And I'm saying this is an evolutionary. What kind of doctor do you have that does the balls? That's for chaperones. <laughs> Right, does the balls? Well, they do it now because everyone gets sued. If I said so, <laughs> so, so he's doing the and I go, oh god, I hate this bit as well. And he's sort of laughing, you know, because it, oh, it's awkward for everyone, you know. Um, and um, but uh, he's I'm in that work for a reason. You know? <laughs> no, yeah, right, so so I go. Uh, it's, why couldn't we have a little cage around those? It's just the fear of someone. Do you know what I mean? A kick in the, I I don't think you can explain to people what a kick in the balls is like. It, it's, it's 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 like a third as painful as childbirth. Well, I know, like, I, know I know, I know. Yeah. My wife says something to me about that. I was like, yeah, well, you know, you ever get kicked in the pussy bone or anything like that when you were a kid? Because I mean, I've seen it happen, and girls going ooh. Like in like field hockey or some shit. Not like yeah. I'm kicking girls or anything. But you see it happen. It seems like it's really painful for them. Like getting punched in the boob maybe hurts like that. But, but, but even a flick to a testicle. <laughs> no, I'm even, on all fours no, even, and I want to vomit. I don't know what it is. When like. I was a kid, man, not that this happened a lot, but anybody anybody pretended they were going to flick you in the balls, yeah. that would even hurt. It would, oh, it would set just, the whole panic. I know, thing. I know, like, I you know, know how your back of your legs get like, tingly or whatever it is. You know, like, ooh, this is my balls. This is like Frost Nixon, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? This interview. All we've done is moan about our ass balls. Can I get the badge? Can I get the badge, man? Actually, I have questions and shit. So we were talking about the humanity thing. What I thought was great was, because I follow you on Twitter. You're one of the few people I do follow because you actually give a fuck about other people and actually love engaging people, which I think is a very proletariat of you. But... You were all over the world, man. You played the garden a couple times. Yeah. How was that playing the oh, garden? Oh, it was great. Did you have like the, uh, uh, the Rolling Stone dressing room where it was like just uh, the locker room? And it was. You? It was. It is the biggest dressing room, <laughs> and and they and they sort of put it out in black. It's like it's really weird because the showers are like for a basketball yeah, team yeah, yeah. or it's something. The, it's like it's the whole like, team's locker room. Uh, of course it is. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah. Um. But it's it's. I still a thrill playing New York. I only did a, a few major cities I played there Chicago completely different vibe this mm. most beautiful Victorian theatre what just, was the place in Chicago? Uh, Chicago Theatre oh the Chicago yeah. Theatre right. and I played the Dolby the home mm. of the oh yeah yeah Oscars. the place in LA yeah. it was great I played three there and I was ill I was I'm always ill in LA right and I called the doctor out emergency doctor <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I, dying <laughs> I, was, I resisted for ages and I flew and I just couldn't I was breathing and everything I was saying you've got to see a doctor I called the doctor out right and um, he said it is LA. He said LA is one of the most polluted places. So I come over you're on a plane for uh, 11 hours uh, and, he, and he gave me some things to take. And I went out on stage and um, I was talking like, uh, I'm nearly coughing. And I addressed it straight away. I said, sorry, I, I'm really ill. I said, but I didn't cancel. 
and you get a round of applause because yeah. suddenly people think, oh yeah, that would have been a bore. Yeah, if I was uh, sick, I wouldn't even fucking be here watching this. I know, <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, I get the sympathy straight away and get it out of the way just in case you cough or... But it was it was great. I loved I loved playing um, New York, LA, Chicago and uh, I'm going back to do the West Coast, San Francisco, Seattle and end it in Vancouver. Do you, have you, you've done gigs in, in San Francisco before. Right? I haven't. Really? I've never been to San Francisco. I can't wait. I love your new humanity thing. We talked about that before but... There's some things that you might get a little bit of a weird vibe in, in San Francisco. Like, especially, you know, like the kid thing, which I think is hilarious. Oh, what's the kid thing? The, the bit about the... Uh, Not having children. Yeah, the way that goes through that, because, I mean, I think people can identify that. But, you know, I'm just thinking the politically correct are in San Francisco. Yeah, but they know what I'm doing. I think I, I think this show... No, I know the people is, that are buy tickets will be your people. Yeah. Know, you might, oh, oh, anything taken out of context. Yeah. Uh, when this goes on Netflix and it's taken out of context and you weren't there or you get one line <laughs> or something... Every single demographic, everybody's ism, everything that they care about will cause a storm, mm-hmm. you know? But that's the way of the world. I, you know, I talk about it when someone said, um, you know, I should never talk about food allergies. Mm. I sent back, I talk about AIDS, cancer, famine and the Holocaust. And you're telling me I shouldn't talk about <laughs> yeah. food allergy, you know? But that's the same everywhere you go. They're laughing at all the other shit. Yeah. But when it comes to their shit, they go, well, that's not funny, dude. Mm. I go, but you were laughing at famine and cancer and AIDS. Yeah. And so can't you see that, you know I'm joking about them because that's not close to you mm-hmm. but when I say something that's close to you you think well like, you can't joke about that well of course you can of course I, you can yeah, I, you know offence is about feelings and feelings are personal and people right. have the right to get offended everyone's got their own thing and I know that they have the right to be offended but I have the right to offend because I'm not trying to offend you yeah. you know uh, 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 and it's it's a very subtle thing because people it, they, they are blind to it so they can laugh at the other stuff because mm-hmm. they're not involved right yeah. and they can they look at it objectively and they go well he's not really he's making a joke about Anne Frank and it's in cut and I get it right but when he talks about my thing you think people identify too much with their thing when everyone thinks that their thing is the worst thing in the yeah. world everyone puts forward a thing whatever it is whatever disease you talk about or think they go yeah but with cancer da 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 and with da da but with my thing mm. you go well your thing isn't any more special than those other things well, everything, every, I think people are so subjective to the world now the, the victimhood thing we were talking about before I pressed the button was, yeah. was pretty on, on key with this it's like, kind of like going alright if people are gonna not really understand or be compassionate to other people's plights well, people get tired of being told what they can and can't do, yeah. OK? The authoritarian liberal, um, for all the good and for all the right reasons, political correctness came in to protect the innocent, the disenfranchised, and you say, you can't say that, and it hurts people. And I get that, but then people started saying they took it personally. They started saying, what about me? What about me? Right? Yeah. People that have had it their own way all their life. Mm-hmm. you know. And when you've had privilege all your life... Uh, equality seems like oppression. Mm-hmm. So suddenly it's going... <laughs> great the, but, but, the, the, but people are saying that... People, I, I've heard people say, oh, you can't say anything anymore. And they mean, well, we're not allowed to say the N-word anymore. I go, no, you're not allowed to say the N-word anymore. This comes actually reminds me of how the Golden Globes sucked this year because, not because you weren't there, because when you're there, they're awesome, but... I mean, this guy Seth Meyers. He's, he, I guess, he's a comedian. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's great. And but it, he's it, one of those guys that is really jumping on this whole. Well, he sort of had to. Yeah, well, I think I think he did really well, and I think his jokes were great, and it was the year for it. But it was almost like the agenda was handed to him. Yeah. And you can't do that with comedy. You can't say, oh, don't mention this and have a go at this. That's red rag to a bull for me. Yeah. If I was doing a corporate and they said, oh, whatever you do, don't mention the CEO's wig. Mm. Fuck me. That's 20 minutes on oh, the yeah. CEO's I mean, wig. I did a, I, we think doing corporate. I did a corporate at uh, IBM and I just was talking about my iPhone the whole time. It was, yeah, that's it. If, it's they irresististible. Say, don't talk about your iPhone. Like, I'm talking about my iPhone. It's irresistible. I'm a musician. I'm no, a comedian. No one wants to be told what to yeah. do unless you're a sheep, right? <laughs> and it works both ways. It mm. does work both ways so when I say things like just because you're offended it doesn't mean you're right I get back well it doesn't mean you're 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 wrong either I go no it doesn't no you're right you have the right to be offended but no one has the right to get through life having never been offended and that's what some people think people think the definition of free speech is they can say what they want but if it comes back oh I get it on Twitter someone says something to me like you you fucking you unfunny fat cunt right and I go back and, and I, I <laughs> it's like the fact that you're like hmm okay motherfucker yeah <laughs> I say something back and they come back and go oh thin skinned I go what you're allowed to insult me but I, I have to just take this do yeah, I yeah. so so I'm the thin skinned one I mean, they believe they're punching uh, up you well, know what I mean it's like oh you're yeah. going to, it's David and Goliath kind of vibe yeah. like you know because a lot of times 
people don't look at people who are in public as people. They don't think we're people, or they think that we have hugely distant realities oh. from theirs. You oh, know listen, what I mean? you speak to half the general public, and they think that it's their right to insult a celebrity because yeah. they made that celebrity. Yeah, oh yeah, that you own, you, you're owned. And I yeah. had that a lot of, I was doing a radio thing over Christmas on Six Music for Steve Lamack, right? Yeah. And he's a cool dude, but I was playing my own shit. You know, he likes his type of stuff, I like my own stuff. And at some point they hand me a piece of paper because Prince Harry did, uh, he guest edit, editor Radio 4 one day. Oh yeah, He yeah. did like Obama, he had like an interview with Obama. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. And you know, so I read the read. <laughs> I read the read. And you could catch Prince and afterwards I was like, I like what he's doing with that Invictus Games, cool. So Twitter lit up apparently because people were listening at that time. And what were they saying? My tongue's up his ass, am I trying to be the DJ at the wedding? The United States was founded on freedom from a monarchy and all this stuff. And like calling him a freeloader and me like whatever. They're just going off on the fact that they misunderstood. I was told to read some, and they just—they're waiting to be offended. And a lot they of people are, are anti-royalist, and I can't. No, 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 they are. People are waiting to be offended again, which is fine. If that's your hobby, good luck to you. But yeah. you're not going to have a great life. And the other thing is that <laughs> exactly people nowadays love Schadenfreude. Papers thrive on it. Mm-hmm. No one wants to hear a great story about someone, and that's yeah. human nature, right? Well, um, I mean, Britney Spears is a perfect example of how the celebrity curve has been created in this day and age, right? You love them, you love them, you love them. They're getting a little too big for their britches. Fuck them. Fuck them, yeah. fuck them, fuck them. You know what? She didn't kill herself. Love, love, love. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, it's, Yeah, yeah. The, the people, people want things on, on their terms, mm-hmm. which is as opposed to walking away or dealing with yeah. it. And I talk about this in humanity, that the reason that things are, are like they are is because people fell for this thing on social media that it was more important to be popular than right. And now people don't care about being right anymore. They care about being on the right side. So people don't look at the argument anymore. They look at who's saying it. They want to be on the right side. Mm -hmm. And that's a defiance. You know, now in this post-truth era, yeah. people know that it's a lie, but they still say it because yeah. it annoys the other side. Oh, yeah, that's, it's, they're baiting the other side. They're baiting it. the yeah. other side. You, you see know? that a lot with the Trump supporters and those red hats. They don't care what, what, whether what's true and what's they not true They just see people, Trump. they don't like melting down, they just, and they're they, like, yeah. They hate Hillary more. Yeah. So I, I don't know what Trump could do to lose his 32%. I mean, I don't think he could do anything. I, don't, yeah. I, I, I think they'd still... Politics now is a tattoo. If you get a tattoo... You're stuck with it, especially if you're a young person. Yeah. You're not allowed to evolve or grow or change your opinion. And I always thought that was kind of fucked up, right? Like, was it that Muhammad Ali quote? If you believe the same thing you do at 20 as you do at 50, yeah. you wasted 30 years. I like, love that. that. I love that. I, mean, I live by that, man. So yeah. I know things I've yeah. done five years ago I don't fucking agree with anymore. So especially with young people in this social media thing when they actually have it archived. So someone types a tweet out that's horribly ignorant. And then two, three years later, or even more than that, they become popular with a lot of people for yeah. whatever reason. That comes up, and then that just undercuts anything they've done up to that well, point. Well, I think we're lucky because I feel sorry for people who grew up their teen years with social media because oh, yeah, it's man. there forever. You know, teenagers, you do goofy stuff and it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's in it's in your mates' memories. You shit, know, the shit I did when uh, I was in a band uh, is just, before internet. <laughs> it's like great. And now they turn up, and you know, the employer. They go to the job for the police and they say, "Does this shoe smoking a joint?" Mm-hmm. You know, and you go, "I was 15. with an man. underage goat." You know, yeah. and, they got to <laughs> any which way. and I think having kids is kind of weird because my frame of reference is now—it's almost antiquated, really. Because me growing up on the mean streets of New York City doesn't mean shit anymore. It means shit to me and, and people that don't play with a lot of social media. But social media is, you see kids killing themselves, like some Australian girl, like little girl, like seven, eight, nine, or something like that, killed herself because she was getting bullied online by people. It's fucking crazy. Well, bully, bullying's, I, I think bullying's always been one of the worst things in the world because mm. whatever's happening in the outside world, right, and, uh, you can be part of something, uh, anything, you could, you could be part of a demographic that's bottom of the pile, or, but if you're one individual being bullied, you just think, well, why me? I've got no one. Yeah. I've got no, I, I'm not just representing it. It's just me. Why do they just hate me? Yeah. It must be terrible to be bullied and alienated. It's the worst thing in the world, I think, being alienated. Just more than being ill or unhealthy or poor. or it, It's just because you go, this is just me people mm-hmm. hate. There's nothing like it. I, 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 I really feel for people who, who feel alienated and lonely and, and hated through no fault of their own mm-hmm. and it, it, it's, it's yeah. awful I think 90% of the people who participate in the bullying are just doing it so they don't become 
the spotlight of oh, the Oh, it is. Oh, and you so see you it. see a lot of these, because I see kids, my boy's six, right? So he's the baby of his class. I see kids fucking with them a little bit. I told him, I told him, look, if anybody bullies you, punch them in the nose. And then they won't bully you anymore. Because it happened to me. I was a, the baby of my class. Right. So I was bullied a little bit. And I figured my advice to him was probably not the smartest advice. But if the, the head teacher goes, hey, why'd you tell him to do that? I said, well, because now whoever the bully is is not going to bully my son anymore. Yeah. His, his, his job is not to rat this kid out. His job is to have this kid. And it's also personal conflict resolution, I think it's called, right? Where if you and I have a problem, we can talk it out, right? That's Or we fight, we roll around, we act stupid, whatever. But nowadays, there's always a third party, be that, you know, Twitter or yeah. be that, you know, the social media thing is a big third party thing that's happening where we can fight without rules because there's always somebody that's going to pluck the person out at the last minute. And that's kind of the, the safety catch, I think, is fucking with society. Well, yeah, you've got to change society's actually to make everyone mm-hmm. safe and so fair. But in the meantime, go- you've got to sort out your son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah. You don't want to wait five years for society yeah. to change and yeah. it'd be better for everyone. You want to go, well, at the moment, I've yeah. got to worry about this kid, yeah. right? And it is a problem. And I don't know how rife it is. And well, I don't kids think- are fucking horrible. I mean, they're probably worse than when we were kids. And they were well, fucking Well, I, do- I don't remember there being much bullying of anyone in my school or my... Maybe there was, or I didn't see it, or... Um, I thought it was banter or something, but I, I don't remember seeing... I hear these horror stories now that people are targeted. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. just, I don't understand. I don't see the fun in it. But you even see it on a, a smaller scale. You see, like, even like Celebrity Big Brother. Mm. Within a couple of days, there's a scapegoat. <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah. and, and they yeah. might be a complete arsehole, mm-hmm. but when it's suddenly nine against one, you want to go, come on, calm down. You know, but that's that whole, like, the mentality of fight, fight, fight at school. You I know, know. Everybody won't watch the fight. You don't have a stake in the fight. There's no skin in the game, but you want to watch people do shit that you're not necessarily prepared to do. But that's what fiction's for. Because the good thing about fiction is we create our heroes and villains so no one really gets hurt. It's role play for the soul. So you can have a bully punched in the mouth in fiction. And and, and And I like that metaphor. And I like reliving it, but when you see it in reality, when you suddenly see it and it's a reality show and you see that is someone's real life, that's mm-hmm. not a fictional character. Yeah. That guy's come out now and he's ruined his life by doing this terrible fucking TV show, embarrassed himself mm-hmm. in public. These reality shows where these these poor kids, they have sex on telly that they're going to regret. They mm-hmm. do, they can film people, they shit the bed. They think, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Never mind what your nan thinks or what your, what's your kids going to think in 15 years? The, you know? the, 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 <laughs> because I think that's the whole thing is no one really cares. No one looks into the future and it's always almost as if you're talking about fiction. There really is no real new fiction because no. we don't need it. We, we can, don't need it. Because it used to almost be a lesson to I one know. who was enjoying that art not to do that shit in real life. Yeah. Now... We don't even it's have to have somebody. Thing. Yeah, we don't have to have somebody. You know, write the pathos. It's fucking there yeah. on CBB it's, or whatever. It looks it is. like a virtual world, but it's actually real. Yeah, people. I saw some guy. I don't even know his name. Joey Essex. I found out his oh, name wow. afterwards. Right, I yeah. don't know who he is. He's on the Only Ways Essex, I imagine, because yeah. his yeah. last name's Essex, right? Yeah. He was in a hotel. I was checking into with my wife, and I think I was with my son, right? And he's like, "Hey, what's up, man?" I was like, "What's up?" But I didn't know him, right? And it was kind of you know afterwards the. I, th- I think it was the, the concierge like oh that's the dude from so I was yeah. like who is that guy but he there's was- a whole level of fame that we yeah. don't know about I don't know about all those reality stars but this the, is apparently the- he hasn't been on the show in a while so it's right. kind of one of those things where well, what does this motherfucker do now at least I have I can play an instrument I can produce a record you know what but I'm saying but that's like- the thing though that's the thing right so now you've got a 14 year old sitting at home right mm-hmm. he's watching these Jersey Shores he's watching the Kardashians he's watching these people he's watching these people just be themselves right and do terrible things and get interrupted not, not those examples but you know um and become millionaires. Why is he going <laughs> to yeah. train to be a doctor? Yeah, exactly. Why is he going to go to school and work weekends and pay away to do and have a, a student loan when he thinks, well, I can just go on YouTube yeah. and do some goofy shit. I can do a terrible thing and yeah. write a book about it. Mm-hmm. Now there's no difference between no, yeah, fame and infamy. Yeah, so you get rewarded. True, yeah. You get rewarded for people nowadays. And again, through Twitter, people would rather be known as an asshole than mm. not known at all. People tweet yeah. me a nasty mm. thing. I slam them. They go, "Hey, man, I got a reply from Ricky Gervais. You're my mm-hmm. hero." I go, yeah. Yeah. Why did you do that? Why did you let? Why did you? Uh, it's it's like, civility and dignity are yeah. not. A, they're not commodities anymore. They're not. And do you know what? There isn't anymore either. Shame. 
Yeah, you know, you're fucking right, man. <laughs> no one's ashamed yeah. about the thing anymore. I still, I mean, it must be me growing up Catholic and being an altar boy and shit and knowing shame. You know, it's like yeah. one of those things that's in the Bible all the time and you feel kind of like that heat in your neck or whatever where you're like, ooh, I'm shamed. You know, I, I remember the, one of the first Did times I felt guilty about something, yeah. right? I'll tell you about it. It's a, it's a funny story and it's not that bad. I was a good kid. Mm-hmm. I don't break the law. I never have. I've never wanted to... I, I, you know what I mean? I've, I've always been scared of getting in trouble and I, I've always been conscious of doing the right thing because I had a sort of wise little head on my uh, shoulders when I was at... You're also the youngest in your yes, family, right? so I lived through... Exactly. All the mistakes have been made exactly, already. Yeah. Exactly that. So I knew about mm-hmm. regret. I knew... Mm-hmm. So I, I know. And so... And uh, I've been sort of lucky that I, I was... I guess I did made the right path. But I must have been about 10, maybe... I've got older brothers and sisters, as you say. Mm-hmm. So my, my sister, when I was 10, was about 24. She's with, oh, her, okay. she's with a boyfriend who is now a husband, right? And uh, they're moving. So my brother-in-law dropped off loads of seven-inch singles, right, to look after while he's moving, right? And they're in the spare room, right? And, they're, you know, they're, they're the Graham's records, right? So I had a friend over, and they're looking through the things. And he goes, oh, my God, all these... I didn't, they're old stuff for me. I didn't mm-hmm. care about yeah. Elvis and all this sort of stuff. But this one guy, um, I was, it was my... Uh, uh, we're two little nerds. We loved chemistry. He went, oh, I love Elvis, right? He went, oh, I swapped with some of these from my chemistry set, right? And I went... <laughs> and I said, how many are there? And he went, oh, about ten. And I went, okay. And so I gave him about five, right? And I went, don't tell anyone, right? He went, no. And I swapped it, right? Uh, I, was, I had a little chemistry set and I was playing this and he had the Elvis no one would notice that night I wake up in a fucking sweat I, I go Jesus Christ I can't live with it my heart's in, like I've murdered someone yeah. I go into my mum's room and I go I gave some of Graham's records away first so, so. she went okay well if you're good now I won't tell him right so uh, and I'm good and everything like that. and I forget about it right it must have been about eight years later Right, we're talking about this, right? Eight years. Yeah, so I'm good for eight years, right? I'm good, I, I can't see yeah, yeah. anxiety's gone. Yeah. We're talking about it, and Graham, who's, he went, did you get those records I dropped off for you, by the way? He dropped them off for me, and my mum hadn't told me. My mum saw this as an opportunity wow. to make me a good boy for eight years. <laughs> see, that's some fucking parenting right there. See, that's the shit I aspire to, right? Oh, my God. I know. How many, uh, how many uh, kids in your family? Four? Uh, yeah. Because um, I remember from the, the bit you were talking about. Yeah, there. my next oldest is uh, Bob, 11 years older than Marsha, 13, and uh, my oldest brother. So by the time you were coming around, your parents were ninjas at that shit. They were well, like, and I was nearly an only child, in fact. So I wasn't spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum fostered uh, a, a kid, so That's I had a son cool. of my sort of same age around when That's I was... That's pretty cool. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, my oldest brother was like... Uh, when I was born, yeah, he was 11. So by the time I was six, seven, eight, he's a... So all the kids are out of the house and then you show up. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was 12 and I asked my mum why my brother and sister so much older than me. She just went, you're a mistake. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. I just laughed. Yeah. Oh, dude. All right. So I wanted to ask about acting because aside from I really like you as an actor, I think that's a, a really cool thing that you got. Do you think, and this might be a thing that comedians become really great actors because you have to be believable in real time in front of a real crowd. Did that kind of get you to, uh, yeah. maybe when well, you were a kid? Uh, like the, the acting thing was sort of almost not an accident, but coincidental. The, you know, the first thing I did I always thought of I was a performer, but I was a performer like a mate in a pub's a performer. Mm-hmm. I was a buffoon. I made people laugh, right? I wasn't even trying to be a comedian. Uh, I, I started off... I was an amateur wise-ass for a long time. No, I wasn't even trying to be... Right. I, I was always funny at school, and I wanted to be a musician. I failed at that, and then I got a normal job. And it wasn't until I was about 36 that I got a job in a local radio station, XFM, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was the head of speech. It was still an admin job, and I was meant to give the DJs things to... You know, the reads, yeah. to read and I made them funny Prince Harry's doing the Radio 4 right exactly, exactly. <laughs> so and then I thought this is easier if I just do it myself mm-hmm. and I started popping up on shows so now I'm sort of a, a little sideways so that step. was your beginning that was just... my that was my beginning yeah and uh, people saying who's that funny 
guy, right? Um, and people, the details are, oh, he just works here. That's yeah, why he just works yeah. here, right? Um, so it was a real lovely Trojan horse. So it yeah, wasn't me yeah. coming on going, and now some hilarious stylings yeah. from our resident comedian. So it no was the, pressure. You no get, pressure. Did you right? work that into like a bit or an act? Or? Uh, no, I just wanted to be funny. I just thought this would be funny. This would be, and, I'd, and I'd tease the DJs. I'd say things like, why did you say fast approaching 11 o'clock? It doesn't get faster going towards 11 o'clock. You know? mm-hmm. And so I just did normal people that normal mm. people say, uh, you know. Um, and then I got a little call from someone at Channel 4 and said, we're starting a new show called um, uh, 11 O'Clock Show, which is where I first bumped into yeah, you. You, you, you went through this. I was very, probably very stoned. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, That's pretty um, much what I did when I got off planes, man. Yeah. I'm giving it weird. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I made a little name for myself there. And then when it came to acting, it was because I'd written the part of David Brent to put the office around it. So it was always going to be me. It was always my thing. And there's it, so much nuance level. I mean, you know this, but there's so much levels of what's going well, on. Well, that's because I didn't know the rules of action. I'd yeah. never trained. So all I knew was, if this is a fake documentary, mm-hmm. I want this to look real. Yeah. I want this to act like a normal person. So it's got to be like one of those things where the, where the ping pong ball, or what is it, there's a, the ball drops through a pachinko machine. Yeah. It's got to hit something realistic every yeah. level. Every, and I didn't want to... If the DOP said, um, oh, look, that's against the light there, would you sit there? I'd go, no, I wouldn't sit there, just act, just film the action. I want it to be like wildlife. Yeah. So you can't do that in a documentary. You can't, well, you can now because yeah. they contrive it. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember in the office, I cheated less than real documentaries these days. That's crazy. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even have a camera waiting if I walked through a door. You'd have to get through the door and it might hit the door. Um, did, did, directing yourself, right? Was yeah. that how you gave yourself, I guess, the. I would never have been able to do it if it yeah. wasn't a fake documentary. Really? I think if my first job had been me acting in something that I'd written and directed, because I knew what it had to look like, mm-hmm. I watched all those docu-soaps, I'd yeah. worked in the real office, so I knew what everything looked like. Mm-hmm. So, And I think directing at its most basic is answering a series of questions uh, confidently. It's as easy to get it right as get it wrong, particularly if you've mm-hmm. lived that life. So yeah. I based the office on the office I worked in. I made it look like that, so I knew... You know, it, well, it gives you reference points, right? Like actual yeah, true reference points. Exactly. So it just—it was just real. And I, I think if my first thing was, uh, a, you know, a space spoof or something, I'd have been in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we but are. the fact that it was just, you know, people acting normally and and everything gave me that foot in. And uh, and luckily the BBC, you know, left me alone, and they have ever since. It, it could have been very different. So I don't know if I've got better or worse at acting. I I, I really don't know. I don't. Well, you it's went from different kinds thing. of acting. All yeah, the time, well, it's, right? almost, it's, it's almost the last thing I think about. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, is that a good thing, you think? Because I know that when we say we're doing a record, the criminals are doing a record, the actual vocal performance I'm doing or the actual guitar playing I'm playing is very important in the, the, the final edit of the thing, but it's not necessarily most the priority in my mind. I know, but it can you send know? you mad yeah. because you think you can keep improving on something. Mm. And sometimes the best take is when you weren't thinking yeah. about it. Because Do you have you, someone like that in your, in your orbit that kind of goes, that was good? Or is I, that look, I, I watch it back. Yeah. I watch it back. Because it, 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 it also depends what you're doing. Because with something like um, writing a, a sitcom or a film... Mm. It's write, rewrite, rewrite, plan it, plan it, rewrite, run it, cast it, do it, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's sort of, it's a pyramid. All the, all the hard work, it, it, it's it gets bottom, easy, yeah. exactly, yeah. Whereas stand-up, it's I used the inverted to, one, it right? is, because yeah. I used to write my shows. My mm. first few shows, I wrote them like a, like a lecturer and then went out and acted them like mm. an actor. Mm. And this last time, I thought, no, I went, I want, walked out with nothing, with a few notes in the back of my hand, and, <laughs> and it was organic. And what's great about that is there's no greater collaboration than you and 5,000 people. Oh, yeah, I night. agree with you on that. You know, man. stand-up is almost less like an art form and more like a science because it either works or mm. it doesn't. Mm. It's natural selection. They laugh at the bits and they stay in and the bits that... They're extinct. Yeah, no, so yeah they don't what have you're, what you what you end up with is this perfect ecosystem, you know. With doing it in front of people, the believability has to be there too. I mean, also when you say that the vibe with 5,000 people, you can't beat that. yeah. If that's the paradigm you're looking at, right? So when you do other stuff, when you direct a film or something like that, you know what connectivity is, right? The synchronicity of being in that perfect storm. Do you try to create certain elements of that? Like where you think people would vibe on stuff that you've done... Nothing goes as well as a good ad lib, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm the king of those between songs. I, you know, people, I know it works. Well, because people know it wasn't planned, yeah. so you get, you get marked well, out they, more. Yeah. You get, it's a harder dive. Well, Duke Ellington said, you know, recording music is, is just a bad impersonation of a live event. 
Yeah. 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 So you do that, and then you try and recreate it the next night. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not an ad lib yeah. anymore. Yeah. So and it doesn't it gets, work as good. It gets worse and then better. Because yeah. then it's not an ad lib anymore, but it's a great bit because mm-hmm. it worked. It's the science. You let yeah. the science do. It worked once. <laughs> it'll work again. Yeah. Um, but I've always been a slave to realism in everything mm. I've done, the office or whatever, naturalism. Mm. And so I want everything to be real. So when I say this is a true story, I want them to know it is a true story. Mm. It's really important because well, it, I think people it resonates more. They, they, they yeah. do because it is true. Yeah. In fact, I've lost jokes that are good jokes but are surreal jokes. And, it, and I think, well, they know that was a lie. So they might think the true stories are like. So I drop the silly joke. Yeah. And I keep it to real. I keep it all to mm. real. So that, that comes back to... Um, it was the fake documentary idea. Yeah, yeah. And I think it resonates more because yeah. you can be watching the greatest film in the world. You can be watching The Godfather for the first time, mm-hmm. right? And if there's a, a gunshot or a squeal or shouting or your neighbour's taking away the police, <laughs> yeah. you're at that window. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, fuck, fuck Coppola. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it's like... I'm watching Floyd get dragged up by his hair. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be back after a message from our sponsor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The movie roles I've got given, it's because they want me to be a bit me. Yeah. If they want someone to look handsome and hit the right marks, there's a thousand better people yeah, yeah, than yeah, me. I hear you there, if man. they Likewise, want a funny yeah. little guy who doesn't learn his lines but comes up with funny shit, I'm the man. No. <laughs> I relate to that on being a musician where it's like, just be yourself. And- but you pick up little things like... You know, if they don't want you to mumble or they want to see both eyes, which I'm not a big fan of. Or, both eyes? I mean, the, you know what I mean? You know, the, the, these are rules that I try and break immediately. I did an episode of something that uh, called Alias, which is which was a fun thing, right? And, uh, you know... That it's was like, the Jennifer Garner exactly, CIA thing, yeah. yeah. And um, obviously it's all planned. It's a big set and you've got to walk through and there's effects and everything. Bunch of guys I, walking around in shorts, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a, a guy with a steady cam, which is oh, heavy. Yeah. I've got to do this thing and hit somewhere. And I just didn't keep going, oh, fuck. Because I, just, <laughs> really? I didn't hit the right mark, right? Because it's, it's totally unprofessional. It's, it's not my sort of thing. I know, yeah, I heard yeah. it go, fuck, like that, right? And I just laughed, right? They had to put a sandbag down for me so <laughs> my, hit, my foot would hit it. Because I wanted to be natural. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to, but it's no good for that sort of thing because they've planned the shot. Yeah. Right? The shot comes first, acting comes second. Yeah. That's what you haven't got time to do nuance. Now, if you've got like you know uh, uh, fifty pages to do in a week, right, mm. and all these effects, yeah, you that's your your lot. It's like you know you're in Star Wars, you're a prop. Yeah, you know you're, yeah, you're yeah. not the important bit. That's you know, one of the Greeks. Yeah. All right, cool. Now, are, are you are you going to be doing a new film? Soon, have you thought about the next project? That's but, um, going on? So, uh, so I was, I was I, thinking I finish, about. I finish humanity, um, and that's but it's going to be on Netflix. You and said. that comes out on Netflix um, uh, in the spring. Uh, don't you have to plan shit like two, three years ahead of time now? Well, you sort of do. Except while I was on tour doing this, I was secretly writing a new thing, which is a, a new show. Um, I'm going to do just a six-part um, sort of comedy drama, which is my next thing. I play a guy um, who. Uh, his wife dies and I'm sort of I'm really depressed and I 
I was going to kill myself and my dog was hungry. So that stops me. And then I decide, go, okay, well, this is a bonus then. I was going to be dead. I'm not dead. I'm going to do what the fuck I want from now on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have as much fun as I want. I'm going to say what I want in this fucking world. I'm going to punish this world. Mm-hmm. It's like a superpower. And okay. then I'll kill myself if I want. And so it's a guy who has no restrictions. Yeah, nothing uh, to lose, man. Yeah. Everything again. Uh, and so that, that's the next idea, which I, um, I've started writing, and I'll try and do that this year. Well, if year. you need a sidekick, uh, got to drink it when you're going out drinking. Oh, this, this, I might call you, man. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to get into acting, so I'll be there for you. <laughs> now, I also wanted to mention the whole Holly weird idea. Like, we... I know that it's probably something we shouldn't really talk about as far as like the actual people who were getting their asses yeah. in trouble. We kind of yeah. mentioned some stuff earlier, but do you think that the people in Hollywood, because we're not from Hollywood, no. I think going there and seeing how fucking weird they are and yeah, how, they, like, how much importance they put on In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't move in those circles. I don't, I don't really... I don't know. I, mean, I know guy, of those people. Yeah, being the know, guy who, I, who stood in front of them and pretty much told them not to take themselves too seriously, and I don't yeah. think they did. I think they were kind of like, who's this fucking guy? Even two years ago, when I made a joke about Roman Polanski, yeah, man. it was like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, fuck oh he's Roman. a good director. Yeah, he's I'm our guy. guy. He's, directing. he's our you know? guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. knew what was going <laughs> yeah, on. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I didn't, uh, to be fair, I, I, I didn't, I don't. I don't know if it's, these rumours are true or not. Uh, it can only be good that it's, it's happening, right? seen to, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, it's a, at last. I mean, mm-hmm. surely. But I thought, and this is just coming from a guy who's in the music business, and no one like Hollywood from just, I guess, being a, a fan of movies, you knew that a lot of dudes, like, for instance, a lot of guys who weren't necessarily good-looking dudes became movie producers... The ugly boy got rich and famous. Yeah, and, and then like you know, what yeah, attracted you to the the million dollar movie producer? No, I know. They're, they're, you know, there are there are sleaze bags and this uh, one in actress. Every... This one actress said to me. She said to me she was a model that turned into an actress kind of thing, right? And uh, she was in some George Michael thing or whatever. But she said, if I'm going to be spending ten years of my life learning how to do something really, really well, like climb a mountain, so I'm climbing Mount Everest. I get to fifty feet from the top. And Harvey Weinstein's dicks between me and the top of Mount Everest. I'm going to get to Mount Everest. You know what I mean? So it, it's one of those things where I think women prepare themselves for this kind of fucked up shit to happen to them. But it's terrible that they have to, isn't yeah. it? And I'm glad yeah. that... Of, of course, and, and man. Just, I mean, we, a, we have moms and, and sisters and daughters. I know. You know it's that just, shit happens. It's, it's, but no one knocked them it's, out. It's really tragic that... Um, that, you know, that you're young and impressionable and some fucking horrible, disgusting, fat, sweaty pig makes you do something to get something mm-hmm. that you sh- you had the right to get to anyway. And, it, you know, and I know there's people saying, oh, well, they didn't have to do it. I go, yeah, but yeah. you know what? Fucking hell, he didn't have to do it mm-hmm. either. It's like this mentality of... Oh, it, I think it's not I think fair. it's a cycle of abuse, right? So if you have, like, so for instance, like that, the guy, the, the movie producer who spent a lot of his probably early life not getting a girl, maybe getting bullied and being pointed at and, and taken advantage of for yeah. whatever reason, gets in a position of power. It always seems that way. People get in a position... Pass it on. They yeah, pass it on. And they yeah. pass on their misery exactly. to someone else to kind of almost unburden themselves of it. Yeah. And I think that's fucked it's, up. They're yeah. punishing all the women that said no, yeah. aren't yeah. they, in their yeah. head? Because they've always been pigs. Mm-hmm. And they put it down to, oh, it wasn't fair because I wasn't... Good. No, you're always a fucking yeah. pig. You were just a young, <laughs> ugly pig, and now you're a fucking rich, powerful pig. But you've always been a fucking pig. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought everything was plain, man. I mean, because that, that lady I was talking about, I dated her friend, right? And Harvey Weinstein put his hand on her ass one time. And I was like, listen, motherfucker, I'm not trying to be in the music business, so I will knock you the fuck out if you do any shit like that again. And he was just like, oh, 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 freaked Brilliant. out and left. Oh, no, yeah. And I was like, all right, when all this shit came out, I was like, where are these dudes in these women's lives? Are there brothers or fathers or boyfriends that are going to be like, listen, motherfucker, you can get knocked out talking to my girl like that or touching my girl like that or wanting to do this with my girl. The more it happens, the more it's normalized. So mm-hmm. people think it's no big deal. But when you calm it down and go, hold on, this is a fucking big deal. It shouldn't be the norm, yeah. you know? And it's what happens in all society, right? Like, like, I remember growing well, you up... you said there's no and, shame, man. There's no, no fucking shame. shame. But, but it, there's a reason now, like, people are saying... Oh, oh, it was the 70s. Oh, people more racist in the 70s. Didn't make it right in the yeah. 70s. It made it more normal because it, it was allowed. It was it like was, a Dean Martin's like, roast. Have you I seen know. those? The Dean Martin roasts from back in the 70s? It's cringing, but it's, sometimes it's pretty funny. But yeah. it's, you know, you could see that at that point, it was almost a move. We were talking earlier about the... I remember, I remember thinking this isn't... I was, I was old enough and it was late enough, uh, I suppose, in time, in history, that... 
I knew racism wasn't right, and mm. I suppose I went the academic route, and all the people I knew that they knew racism was wrong, and and before you know it, there was punk, and there was 1979, and uh, racism. But was even through that, Nazi punks, punks fuck off, right? That wasn't that the big that big punk rock thing? Yeah, but the punks were an uh, Auburn out because they just wanted to annoy everyone. Yeah. So they they <laughs> said the most annoying thing yeah. possible, yeah. which was a swastika on your head, and yeah. they, it, it, it's like they weren't <laughs> the young really, ones, man. They weren't white supremacists. They, what were you were, watching when you were growing up on TV? Um, well, I, I went through all the phases. You know, I did I did watch those big family broad. When I was a kid, with my parents, you know, stuff like... Because there were, like, three television channels, right? Well, that was it, yeah. Yeah. You know, there was good and bad stuff. And uh, so I I watched the shit stuff good that I thought was good when I was eight, nine. And then I quickly grew out of it, I think because of my older brothers and sisters. So by the time I was, I'd say, 10 or 11, I was into Monty Python. Oh, really? And I can't remember whether I liked it or liked being in a room with my older brothers and sisters mm. laughing at it, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I but got it you. Defi- it definitely it skewered me, and mm. so then the next greatest thing was Forty Towers, which I thought was mm. the greatest sitcom ever produced, and possibly still is. So I, I, I got onto that path early on. Mm. Same with music. When I was 10 or 11, I was listening to Neil Young and Bob Dylan. That's, that's badass. And I just thought, well, <laughs> that's, that's, this is what pop music is. Mm-hmm. And again, luck. Just luck. You could have not been on receive, you know what I mean? You could have been one of those kids that that doesn't yeah. have a recording device in think, their brain. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but absorbs. I don't think you I don't think you find your thing till you're sort of 13, 14, 15 because mm-hmm. you're looking for it. Yeah. And then my own thing that I discovered that was mine was Bowie. Yeah. And I wore him like a badge. Mm-hmm. There's you a know, picture of you that, that you were telling me about that I looked up of you you said I'm trying to be like David Bowie in the eighties or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a big influence on a lot of people. Everyone. Yeah. And when I went in to this college, country, yeah, even well, in America. Man. Oh yeah, but when I when I went to college in like nineteen eighty one, you asked someone, you had to say, "Who's your second favorite artist?" Because <laughs> you knew the first would be Bowie. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was like. It was <laughs> but he, I mean, he, especially when when I was growing up, the things that I thought English, obviously, it was all this music that I was listening to. But there was a station. I don't. They probably still have it. Channel thirteen, which was like the public. Broadcasting station, PBS. Well, right? In America. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And they used to play, you know, the Avengers. They used to play Benny Hill. Uh, they used to play uh, oh. a lot of Monty Python. When I first started making it in America, mm-hmm. the big uh, British hit that the Americans knew of was Benny Hill. But, you know, so my assumption was that the British people were very complicated. With those three television shows is the things I was watching. So the Avengers, which is very avant-garde, yeah. spy shit, right? Yeah. Then you got Benny Hill, which is not avant-garde. And then you have the sophisticated... Monty Python humor you had to know something to find it funny but British humor has always been childish from Benny Hill through Monty Python um, we've always been childish and and smutty and naughty (laughs) and we've always tried to take the piss out of authority so Mm -hmm. what we do to authority I mean in the 60s and 70s, uh, you couldn't watch telly without a comedy sketch being a judge walking away and he was wearing women's clothes behind him. Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was taking down authority by ridiculing them. Mm-hmm. That's our thing. Yeah. That's very different think, in America. I, but I think that's actually spread. Well, these, the, what are the papers called here? Red Tops that do yeah, this yeah. really kind of tabloids. anti-authority. Yeah, tabloids. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That kind of spread to America with like I guess in the mid 90s going into the 2000s where they started having e-entertainment television all these things started being really celebrity based yeah. kind of stuff like the Red Tops would do a lot of the you know, this person leaving a restaurant fucked up you know that kind of thing yeah. and then it turned into kind of almost I, well you said the silly humor thing but the anti-authority thing almost is now at a fever pitch in America it's you know? funny isn't it because again you know in the sort of you know, 70s 80s uh, uh, uh just as an observation, mm-hmm. um, I always thought famous people were built up by the general public and the papers to knock them down. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. In America, they'd sort of looked after their service forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you got you, one good gig. You've Vin Diesel, man. You're yeah. in there forever, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Highest earning actor. Yeah, Mark yeah. Vincent. He used to be a security guy in New York. Oh, really? I, knew him back, I knew him way back when. He's a great dude, though. Now, my, my son had a question, because he's a big fan of yours. I don't know if I told you. I oh, think great. I texted you one time that my, my son was watching, we watched Night at the Museums. And he's like, that's your friend, right? I was like, yeah. Uh, he's like, I love that guy, man. Uh, but he had a question for you. And it's a pretty good question, considering it comes from a, a little boy. It's like, what's something you want to do that you haven't done in real life? So maybe something you did in a movie that seemed really cool. Like, he was thinking, 
being the head of a museum. He thought that would be fucking awesome. Well, I, I do like museums. Yeah. I, I do. Uh, what did, aside from that, what drew you to that role? Was it because... Well, it, was, it, was, it started off as a, a returned favour because mm-hmm. um, I, I met Ben Stiller. The guy who couldn't cry in Tropic Thunder. That's, that's Yeah, that's he's a great actor. That guy's so um, funny. I asked him to do extras, and he came over. Oh, so that was off the back of extras. Yeah. I remember that one, too. That yeah. was great. That was funny. And then he got so, uh, he said he sent me an email saying, if you'd like to return the favour, I've got a part for you in my new movie, Night Museum. He put no pressure as a joke, <laughs> yeah. right? And so I did that, and then there were three. But again, it's me popping up doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ben surrounded himself with people he liked, and it was great fun. I loved it. Did you but get to keep the suit? My, my I, voice said it was a I nice bow tie. I did. Yeah, I think I did somewhere. actually. But it's funny because those things that are fun, I don't even count as part as my ooh. Mm, I don't yeah. put them on my CV. Uh, even things like writing an episode of The Simpsons or hosting the Golden Globes or. Or popping up in a film, I don't count. That's like fringe benefits, right? Yeah, they're, they're fun. They're, they're a weekend away. Yeah. Um, you know the things that I I sweat <laughs> about. Away, yeah. You know what I mean? They're, 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 you, they're like playing golf for me. They're a perk and they're fun. And but the things that I sweat over for two years before anyone sees, they're mm. the things that I say are mine. Yeah, you know. I hear you. And there's not many of those. I haven't done a lot. People think, oh, you've done a lot. I think, well, I could discount half of them because they're not mine. Yeah. Uh, but things I'd like to do that you uh, haven't done in real life. You know, like you might have had something in a, in a film that you did or you wrote something that you wanted to do. Because uh, obviously I think he wanted to Well, obviously in my head, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I spoke to you, I wanted to question you about being in the Marines. Really? I've been, I've been fascinated with that shit because I'm not that person. I'm fascinated. Without going into detail, I know, it's that, I know there's a very dark, serious side of that and we see the glamour bits and we see the heroic bit, but I know, and I don't want to know in a way, you've done and seen some awful, awful shit, I suppose. You know what I mean? You know? Um, And I get that. Mm -hmm. I get that. But I'm still fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the invention of it and then the fact that you... The training... I watched this thing on... British TV called SAS. Yeah. And I think, fuck me, I'd last 30 seconds. (laughs) There's a guy I know, what's his name? Foxy. The Jason Foxy. Yeah, they're amazing. He's a Royal Marine I know... I told you last time that I, one of the, I was giving a security guy in America and he turned out to be a SWAT negotiator. And I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, tell me about this shit. It, it's, but it's, it's a morbid fascination. fascination. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by it. And I'm scared. Just like when I saw Godfather, I thought, yeah. oh my God, I'd love to be a, a, a Godfather. <laughs> you think, Jesus, if you met a gangster, you'd shit yourself. You know? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's relative to a certain point, like when you talk about violence and, and maybe a Godfather you know, or a, a Marine or someone in the service having to resort to violence yeah for in my opinion in, in my experience rather it's not a resolution to violence it's no. it's a, a predisposition to it well, so of course if you see like a godfather he doesn't stay up uh, no. at night because he had to kill that dude in his family no I know you know? and also and, and, and things with like you know organised uh, you know it, it's odd to say a soldier's violent just like it's odd to say a boxer's violent yeah. it's, it's like, just part of the shit they're not man. violent yeah. Yeah. they're doing things to overcome and, and, and you know beat someone else's will and I think boxing has more in common with chess than violence violence <laughs> is something yeah. else violence is an attitude and I think by it's very different it's wrong Violence is wrong, but then when uh, when you justify it in any way, like sport mm-hmm. or the political side of uh, of war, it becomes something else. And it, it's just not true that uh, everyone who serves is a thug. Just like it's not true yeah. that everyone who boxes is a thug. The opposite can be true. Yeah. Do, do, do you know? Who, who was it? They always had the the, the great boxing names, where they called them Gentleman Jim, Ricky Gervais. I know, Gen- I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just thought that's it was one of my favourite documentaries of all time. Yeah. Um, uh, Unforgivable Blackness. Yeah. About gentlemen. Uh, yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's an incredible movie about racism at the time mm-hmm. in America. And no, I'm I'm fascinated by this thing. So would yeah, you think about doing I mean, something in those lines as far as like creating a? I couldn't. I couldn't because as a comedian, you mustn't take yourself seriously. And you must. But dude, so that's, I, I, I'll tell you the funniest guys I've ever met. And in the circumstances I've met them is in that kind of, in the service, in unimaginable fucking horror, there is such humor. It's because you have to have it but, or but, you fucking fall apart, man. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fat little funny liberal um, British comic, right? 
But that doesn't mean I don't wish I was a hero. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I, mean, wish, I, I wish I was a decorated war hero. I wish I'd saved someone from a burning building. I wish I was the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Yeah. I wish I was the fastest man on earth. I, 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 if I was 40 now, I'd be doing UFC. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, that shit. All the stuff I'm doing. Like I, I mean, I can just see you at the physical, at the weigh-in, just like, fuck this motherfucker. Yeah, I've made the weight if I'm heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. I've done well, that. that. I always found, like, especially when UFC first started, the, the guys were not necessarily like you know six packs abs they were sluggers and he, I mean, well they were there's this mean, one guy walk up just punch you and you oh you know. I know the the early days of these two these two guys it was like they were fighting in a car park in so, this case yeah, is it? Yeah, everything like, ended everything yeah. ended with ground and pound yeah yeah right? is I, when I first saw that, there was that that whole idea of shame. When you actually see like a video of someone really getting knocked or something like that, yeah. you feel like ashamed of watching it. It's like you yeah. know what I mean. I guess that's basic humanity, yeah, or, or dignity unless or something it's like. The, unless it's the bully. Yeah, it's, it's really someone weird. picking on someone. I love those videos yeah. where well, some, it's some karma, idiot, right? Oh, yeah. It's Honestly, I'm, hey, why don't you go fight yourself? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what is that in us? Because I don't. It's it's justified. Yeah, it's a, it's a piece of justice. It's a fast piece of justice. Mm-hmm. There's an asshole picking on a nice guy. The nice guy turns out mm-hmm. to, to be, be a, a boxer. Yeah, 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 it's great. There was, one, there was one great one I saw recently because I watched these things with my boy, and it's called "People Are Amazing." So it's people doing amazing shit, like you know acrobatics or bike tricks and stuff like that but there was this one was like instant karma and I watched it for a second but it was, it was virtually amazing where there's this one guy these three dudes set upon him and he was small turned out to be an MMA fighter oh. and literally systematically punched oh. one held him hit the other guy with the first guy in oh. like headbutted the guy with oh. the other guy's head I was like this is you know I know I know but I, who has I, that it, presence of mind when you're in a street fight to go oh, I'm gonna grab this guy punch him hold on to him hit him with that guy I know it's 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 um I've really, I've always been into martial arts though. I, uh, I did, did you study judo. it all? I did, yeah, I did um, judo. So for don't like, rush the stage then. Right? Five, <laughs> you get yeah, jacked, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm no marine. No, I did judo for like five years. I did karate for about eight years. Now I box. Um, I've always, you know, but you know, it's, I've never, I've never had real fights. Yep. Um, they're all, it's all, it's all theory. Well, you know what? And this is, this is something I kind of, I, when the time is right, I want to kind of let my son know that getting punched in the face, you're not, you're not made of glass. You yeah. know, you're not going to f- shatter. It's, it's no. You're a lot tougher. People are a lot tougher than they think they are. Yeah. I mean, the important thing is that you do the right thing. Because mm-hmm. then there's no there's no pain. There's no... Tra- if you've done the right thing, you know, you're, you know, outside getting really physically harmed, which is probably rare in a fight. You might... Your ego well, is usually bruised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, but... It's fine to walk away. It's fine to win. Oh, no, I do a lot of walking away. Yesterday, there was this kind of like kerfuffle in uh, a car park in in co-op. And this kid who has a crutch got out, starts yelling and shit. And I was like, hey, man, you need to calm down. I realized when I told someone to calm down, never tell anybody to calm down because they don't calm down. You don't fucking tell me to calm down. I'll give you a left hook. And I realized the fact that he told me what hand he was going to hit me with, That's funny. he wasn't really going to hit me with it. And I was like, he, and he was really blustered up. I think his, his girl or his mom was in the car. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to walk away. Because that's the whole point of it. Yeah. To be able to walk away knowing if you study karate for eight years, you know that you could probably knock someone the fuck out. And I if know, you walk away, you just like, you can go about course. your life. If you know that and that's you, almost you, more satisfying. You know that you've won. Yeah, you you know go, that you've won. It's like the, it's it's, like the Jedi thing. Like, these yeah, aren't the droids. Whatever. For, yeah. I like the fact that you're a Marine and you use the word kerfuffle. <laughs> I like that coming over the radio. There's a there's a kerfuffle. Yeah. The, 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 a the, kerfuffle. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I tell you, my my vocabulary has gotten bigger since I've been married to an English woman, and I spent time in the UK. I, I read all the time. I got like three books going at a go. So wow, I'm always reading different words. So some of them get stuck in my head like that. Yeah, no, it's a good word. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny word. I don't know how it came through, but anyway, I want to keep you, man. I know that no, we've been just, here doing this for a minute, but there's good fun, man. It, it has been. It's always good hanging out with you, dude. So we got the uh, we got my my son's question out of the way, which I think is probably be a Marine uh, MMA just just uh, prize fighter. <laughs> Ricky, the best fighter in the world ever, Gervais. I think he'd probably be like, yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> no, the last thing I want to ask you about is, have you ever heard of CBD oil? Now CBD. Is, oh, is this the one? This the is non, the thing. It's the, the non psychoactive part of a cannabis plant so they extract a bit that calms you down but it doesn't make you mm-hmm. well it doesn't necessarily calm you down being a rock star yeah yeah you don't, you don't get out there like oh I'm high as a motherfucker I'm Snoop Dogg but the, I mean I, the reason I'm asking is we talked about it briefly last time and yeah. I just wonder if you ever checked it out no I haven't no, right, I'm going no. to send you a couple of infos on it because it's a cool thing 
uh, for I, I'm gonna say guys in our generation, but guys our age, right? There's always that thing we're always trying to do something that's five or ten percent better every day, right? Just trying to like you're doing some boxing or whatever. This stuff makes everything just a little bit less strenuous, maybe even a less. Uh, you know, if you find a bumpy blade, it's probably not cancer. You know, you wouldn't go, ah, oh, fuck, I can't get it off and cut it off. You know what I'm saying? So what I do now is I take this, I find a lump, and it will be cancer. <laughs> And I go, Fuck Huey, Huey, said, Huey, Huey, gave me Huey said, chill. Huey gave me cancer. <laughs> he came by and he fucking gave me cancer. <laughs> well, I'm in. Thanks, dude. But anyway, I'll let you know. <laughs> Well, I hold you like them apples because uh, as far as it goes, Ricky is a really good guy and I love spending time with him. Always a genuine guy and always cool. Next week, we have the legendary Mr. Don Letts. That's right, the Don, filmmaker, DJ, musician, an all-around creative maverick. I really love the man a lot. He uh, has a show in Six Music, great guy, great show, uh, called Culture Clash. This guy has directed music videos for The Clash. He's on a Clash album cover, you know, Bob Marley, Elvis Costello, just to drop a couple names to hurt your toe. You don't want to miss this one. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod, y'all. Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way. Thank you very much. Until next week, stay classic. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.